White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hey folks, it's Chris Tannehill, co-host of Locked On White Sox. We're going to do a little something different today. Herb and I were on 6-7 to the score yesterday with our old friend Chris Ranji. Chris was sitting in for Matt Spiegel on one of the premier baseball shows in the country. It's called Hit and Run. It airs 9 to noon-ish, depending on what the Cubs are doing, every Sunday morning. And I've listened to that show for many years on the score. And if you're a baseball fan, and odds are you are, you're listening to our show today. If you're a baseball fan, check out Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel and or Chris Ranji if he's filling in because Matt Spiegel was doing play-by-play for the Cubs and Reds for the fifth inning yesterday. So give that show a shot. Uh, It's one of my favorite things on radio when you're out running errands on a Sunday, and it's just good to have a sensible, fun baseball talk on 670 The Score. You can listen to them on the Odyssey app as well. You can get our show on the Odyssey app too. So uh, do yourself a favor and check out Hit and Run. It was so great that uh, Chris asked Herb and I to be on. It's been a while since we've spoken to Ranji and uh, we used to produce Herb and I White Sox baseball games on the score between the two of us from like 06 to the end when the Sox left the score so that was that would have been at the end of 2015 Ranji was the host of the Sox pre and post game at the time and Herb and I were producing White Sox baseball a lot of great moments we shared together two perfect games Mark Burley's first no hitter the blackout game some of the best moments in Sox history we experienced with Ranji so we, we love getting a chance to talk baseball with Chris and we were honored that he asked us to do so so we'll take a quick time out and on the other side you will hear our White Sox conversation Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill with Chris Ranji on 6-7 The Score. We talked about the Royals. We talked about managing, sign-stealing, all things relevant in the world of White Sox baseball. And you'll hear that conversation after a quick timeout on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you today by Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is in the rearview mirror, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing, along with baseball. You can bet on baseball every night if you'd like at betonline.ag. As a matter of fact, they even have award show props, TV show props, and reality TV show prop bets for you to indulge in even when you're not watching sports. And best of all, the odds are updated in real time on almost anything you can imagine. Maybe you're like me and you don't like to bet on baseball. Maybe you follow the markets and you want to place a bet on how the Dow is going to perform. You can do that at betonline.ag. You can bet on the New York lottery on betonline.ag. They've got everything, even pro wrestling. Monday Night Raw has prop bets at betonline.ag. They've got you covered on all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to sign up to place your bets. And best of all, friends, it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code when you sign up. Our promo code is locked on. That's locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. I had to have them both on with me because they're both that good. I miss them. I haven't talked to them both at the same time in a long time. 
They are the hosts of the Locked On Sox podcast that you get every Monday through Friday. After every single game, these two fellas get after it and they yell about Tony Larusa. Uh, that's that's the entire podcast. It is Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Gentlemen, hello. Hello, Chris Ranji. Hey, Ranj. I've been listening to you in this time slot since I was a kid, man, so it's great to be yeah. on. Oh, that's interesting because uh, this is my second time on. Um, oh, yeah. That's the People joke, fired, you huh? jerk. It was a joke. <laughs> God, I miss you both. I really do. I miss <laughs> I you. I wish face. I could see your faces every day. Uh, well, well, fellas, thank you for for hanging out with me for a little bit. Um, I I love your podcast. I love listening to the two of you. I think you're you know what I think of you anyway. I I love you both. So you could probably both do a podcast where you're just like you pick a word and then you just repeat that word over and over again. Or you know like like I am Groot. Like if that's if that was your entire podcast for 45 minutes every day, I would still listen to it because I like you that much. Well, that may be the plan this week. Usually we do five shows a week, but with the two off days, we may have to do that for Thursday show. <laughs> oh, you're still putting out. Oh, that's right, you are. You're putting out shows even on off days. Yeah. So we like to zoom out a little bit on the off days and go over some of the the numbers occasionally, and you know to take your listener emails and and voicemails, Chris. Yeah. I well, I know interaction is what it's all about. Um. So let's let's start with with the team itself. And um, I brought up the incident that happened earlier in the week, and I I thought it was amusing more than I thought it was anything else. And that was the Miguel Cabrera and Nick Madrigal thing, whatever that was, and Cabrera taking exception to Madrigal accusing them of sign stealing. Um, so we'll, we'll start with you, Chris, Mister uh, uh, Barrett Sports Media. Um, oh. Uh, Subject, yeah. Uh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, Chris had a nice piece written about him in Barrett Sports Media, so you should go find that. It was about a week or two ago. So let's start with you, Chris. Uh, what 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 is happening there, and is it a big deal or is it just funny, like I think it is? Well, baseball beef and, and you know baseball back and forth, especially in a in a long season, like whatever you have to do to to get your mental edge up in 162 games, I'm all for it, and that's on both sides. It was kind of weird though the way that whole thing transpired because Herb and I were trying to get to the bottom of like how. Miguel Cabrera found out that Nick Madrigal was out here snitching in these baseball streets about him. Like I thought, like like we picture a world where Nick Madrigal stops the game and he just like points, like he's cheating. Hey! Um, I don't know. <laughs> Stop it! That's like, not sudden, fair. I don't know why he's Adam Harris all of a sudden. Stop it! Um, that was weird to me, like how that became a thing, and you know, and you're just jealous because you don't have anyone in the media that looks out for you the way that beat reporter looked out Dude. for Miguel Cabrera. Um, <laughs> what was going on with that dude? Yeah, that's not right. That's, that's not, not right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what a dork. I mean, that I mean, you come from a place and live in a place in St. Louis that I thought that would be commonplace where the beat oh. writers are like, "Oh my god, y- Yadi, what's going on?" But I didn't think Detroit was like that. Yeah, I mean, it uh kind of it's not that bad, but it can be. But, dude, that is really bad. That's just like, hey, man, they were like two guys on the phone who were best friends and, like, nobody else was in the room, you know? Well, he's been like there. They were just having Miguel a Cabrera's, private conversation. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera's been there forever, and, you know, it's hard not to, you know, have fun when, when you're covering him every day. But that was kind of weird, and I appreciate your take, Chris, of uh, you wanting uh, the Sox to have had Miguel Cabrera 10 years ago. That's really oh, yeah. going far out on the limb there, and I appreciate you doing that. But... <laughs> yeah, well, well they, they were close, right? I remember, if I rem- yeah. If I remember right, they were 
pretty close, and then the Tigers just, I, th- I, th- I think if I remember correctly, they just, uh, you know, gave a better number, or well, maybe they, it was comparable, want, or I, I don't the remember. The trade exactly. leading up to that, remember the trade in what was it, 08? and or I think it was 08, but uh, that's what it was. Take on Dontrell Willis's contract was it maybe? Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. That's and, what it was. It, it was a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't know how that transpired. I don't know why they just can't say, hey, let's go to our secondary signs here in this situation and why it had to be a, a total dumb-ass baseball fight with grandstanding. And, you know, it was, it was totally ridiculous how, how and, it all happened. And I think Nick is not in the wrong here. You know, and me, I'll gladly take a Nick Magical uh, pound him anytime I can because he was a dumb player initially. But he's just following orders. He saw something that was not good, that he thought was untoward, and he let people know, like he was taught. This is, I think it's just a classic misunderstanding where a veteran like Miguel Cabrera can let this youngster, like, come on now, this? Really? Come on. We don't do that. And uh, Nick was just like, I saw something that they said, if I see this, I should relay it to my pitcher and my catcher. And he's, he's just doing things that he was taught. I have no problem with that. And by the way, whenever a baseball player says, hey, man, we don't do that, they definitely do they that. Did, they way. totally do that, yeah. <laughs> That's 100% right. That's like, And I guess you, when they get really defensive about stuff, usually that's what's happening. You know, like, if he just would have let it go, like, oh, he's Madrigal's being stupid about this, whatever, and not thought anything of it, um, Maybe this would have just been been a nothing, and it probably is kind of a nothing anyway. But well, there's I, a history. He, Remember the Chris Sale thing going back yeah. to whatever year was that? Without 2012, Victor maybe. Like, so yeah, you're talking almost a decade of right. Sox and Tigers and this type of stuff. So I'm I'm wondering if that's a lingering effect as well. Dude, I I love it. I, I just I think sometimes it's so petty, but I think the petty can be really interesting. And like sometimes it's a big eye roll, right? But there are others where it's just, I love it. I love that it adds a little, when the season is so long, you know, like you said earlier, and it's every single day, it's nice to have a little bit of this to kind of break up that monotony of just baseball. Like there's, there's a storyline and I, I think it actually makes everything better. Yeah. I like when teams don't like each other and have a little beef. The Cubs, uh, Reds thing the other day. I love that. Amir was like, Hey, Get out of here and use some colorful language that I can't use on the radio. But he was <laughs> celebrating that he got a person out and he might do it a different way than other people do it. But I understood he was just hyped for striking out a guy like Anthony Rizzo in a clutch situation. And I don't and Javi going out and give him the middle finger. Hey, man, let's go. Let's yeah. not like each other while we're on inside in between the white lines. But after grab a beer, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, these storylines are what drive baseball forward. Talking with Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill of 670 The Score and the Locked On Sox podcast here on Hit and Run. Um, Herb, why does Tony La Russa keep screwing up? Um, I think he, it's it looks like Moneyball. Like Rick wants him to play certain people, and Tony keeps on playing this lamb dude and this uh, Larry Garcia guy, and this is the part that I hate the most. When he does something that we all disagree with, with taking Lamb down after the fourth inning for pitch runner Billy Hamilton made no sense to me at all. Zero. And then Lurie hits a double and Billy scores from first. Oh, see? Oh, look at Tony working the magic. Oh, managing. Great. 
I'm like, come on now. He got lucky in that regard. It's not about that. It's about what the thought process. Why would you give a guy a start just to remove him after two at-bats? He did this with Yermin. Now he does it with Lamb. It's just so infuriating that he is just, I don't know, like going against, and I'm sure Rick Hahn is pissed that he's playing these guys so much and sitting Andrew Vaughn and Nick Madrigal every once in a while. This is just not smart baseball. I, I mean, there must be a mad, method to his madness where he's trying to ingratiate the guys, get the guys in for a little um, boost of confidence. But what's that doing to Nick Madrigal and Andrew Vaughn going forward? These are your future. Literally bump him. It's a good fifth infielder, fourth outfielder. Give him a start every week, but this man's starting every damn day, and it's too much. I'm tired of it. Chris, I, I yeah. don't. Um, I, I'm listening to Herb, and yeah, that's what all, I do. All, yeah. All, all, all I can all I can think is maybe he has finally you know come off that ridiculous idea that managers don't matter that much. Oh no, you no, know? he'll never he'll never admit that you know. publicly, or privately. Um, <laughs> Neither will I. You know, I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because like I think you and I are, are like-minded in, in this regard because we, you know, Herb too, but we watched Ozzie Guillen for so many years, and how many times did he get pounded for that quote-unquote Sunday lineup? And, you know, people got so mad at, at, at certain guys starting, like, you know, Pablo Ozuna starting a couple times a week, but Ozzie, like any other great manager, knew that you're going to have to rely on these guys a ton for the entire 162-game season. So I'm wondering if there's a little bit of method to the madness there in terms of getting guys involved early while you're, you're still you're, you're doing a little better than treading water. They're four over 500 right now. So you're getting these guys in the mix early, getting them in, involved in key situations and games. And look, I can't justify not starting your two you know first-round draft picks more often. Like, that's a bit odd. But I think there is... You know, you can justify seeing a, a variety of guys in there in, in big spots because when you're playing games that matter and it's a tight race now, I, I agree with you. I don't think the Royals will be there at the at the very end of this thing. And I think the Twins will still have uh, their say when, before this thing's out. But, you know, I, I think you're going to rely on a ton of these guys over the course of the year. And you want to make sure that they're, they've all gotten uh, high leverage at bats, high leverage innings pitched. So you know who you can count on, or better, better yet, who you can't count on uh, in the stretch run. Kansas City right now has a run differential of plus six, and they lead the division, and the White Sox are right behind them. And do you, off the top of your head, know what their run differential is? I, I know it. I looked it up, yeah. but It's, it's a lot. It's plus 33. Yeah. And it is, they are tied with one other team, no, two other teams at plus 33, the Dodgers and the Astros. And that is the that is the best number in baseball. And it, it's not always indicative of a team that's the best, but, it, I mean, you can look at that and you could say, all right, well, things are going to even out here a little bit. Kansas City is just winning way too many close ball games. That's going to start to even out as the season goes on, and you would think that scoring 33 more runs than you've given up it means you're eventually going to inch up and, and get to the top of the division, but we're only through one month. So it, what we've seen in the first month of this season, how true do you think it actually is? I don't think Kansas City is this team at all. I think by the time we hit September, Kansas City is going to be sitting at like 70 wins. They're going to be like 70 and 92. They're going to regress to the team that they we all thought they were. They're doing some things well right now, but like you said, they're winning close games barely blowing a team out. And those things 
are going to come back to bite them at the end and be the team that they are. The White Sox are doing some things fundamentally great. They're top 10 in hitting in most of the categories. The most impressive one, on base. You would never think with all the stuff that we had to go through, all the years the White Sox would just be swinging wildly and not walking, that they would be leading the league in on-base percentage and top 10 in slugging without hitting all these home runs. That's amazing, and they're doing the good things fundamentally to lead to success later on down the line, and that's why I think Kansas City is fool's gold. Enjoy your lead right now. We're coming for it. Yeah, I, I think Herb, Herb's right in that regard because their run differential is only plus six. So when you look at run differential, the, that's an easy number you can look at and see how lucky have you been. You know, the, the Sox, like, it's, their run differential being at 33 shows that, yeah, they're a good team. And, and by and large, they're going to score more runs than you day in and day out. They just maybe run into a ba- bad luck here or there or, you know, one one you know, inning either way in a given direction and it could determine a win or loss on a, on a different day. And there, maybe the record would be slightly improved in, in that way. But yeah, the Royals being at only plus six, that, that shows that they've been a, a bit lucky, but I think the luck is a huge part of, of, you know, where you're going to be at the end of the year, because when this thing is all said and done, and I think the White Sox will be able to hold everyone off and, and win the division. But when it's all said and done, you look at these games that the twins have lost to the Royals in mm-hmm. this first month. And I think that's going to be a huge deciding factor in, in where the Twins place in this thing. And sometimes it's all about luck. It's like, who do you play and when do you play them? And, you know, the, the Twins have not shown up like most people thought, but the fact that they've played a hot Royals team a ton, and the Indians as well, I think that'll that'll be a big deciding factor here in this division. Yeah, and, and Herb, I know that um, whenever a team, the White Sox, take a loss, uh, you always say that, hey, these games count just as much mm-hmm. as they count at the end of the season. And you're right about that. I, th- I think the only difference is that when you get deeper into the year, you get into September, you don't have time to make up these bad losses. So when games get given away, like um, leaving in Lucas Giolito a little bit too long and not recognizing that he's tired and that you need to take him out and then you end up losing a ball game because of it, it's maddening, it's frustrating, and it's a loss that you take in the moment, but you still do have time to make it up. You just you hope those mistakes don't happen much more as the season goes on. Yeah, and that's true. And I feel that way about the Minnesota Twins. All those games that we've seen Alex Colomay blow so far, and some of them not his fault, faulty defense out there in Oakland, and, of course, the Oakland Magic when you play out there at the Coliseum happens. So... To the, for the White Sox to be five and a half games clear of them right now feels really great because they count. And to have that cushion going into May feels good because you know the White Sox are playing good ball, but they're not winning at their peak. And Minnesota will win eventually. They will come back and be the team that we thought they will be. But having this nice cushion matters. It works out. And to have them losing games in April that we thought – they're playing a nice, easy schedule. They should be at where we're at at the same time when we start May. No, it's very good to see them struggling and scuffling and having internal uh, turmoil because we know that that is our main competition. This Kansas City thing, come on now. That's not going to last. Maybe Cleveland. I know Tanny's a big-time proponent, and we've seen Cleveland play the White Sox tough. And every time they're on the mound, like that Class A thing, golly, 100-mile-per-hour cutter? Like, how? Like, why? Why can you do that? (laughs) Let's not get to that Karen Check Class A thing. Those are the people who are going to be at the end of the year. And if you can hang losses on them in April and May, 
those going to at the end of the year where you, we thought it's going to be within games of Minnesota and the White Sox, that's going to be the difference. Yeah, and even that, Phil Matone yesterday, you know, guy make his major league debut, and all of a sudden, oh, here's a guy that's throwing unhittable stuff from an odd angle. Like that's why I'm I'm always going to be a believer that Cleveland's going to hang around. And yesterday's game was a perfect example of that because you know McKenzie looked awesome for the few, first few innings until he just lost control. It was not anything the White Sox did to break him or anything. Just he lost the feel, and you know he but was the still good out there at bats though, Tanny. In the no, back they, in the they past, they bats. would have, they would have, they would not have walked. And I think the White Sox this year. They're on bases because they're patient to play. And if you can give that credit to our guy, hey, it's Frank Minacchino. Hey, hey uh, how you doing? On Frank base Minichino. percentage guys now. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at the Sox offense, too. Like, they're, they're 26 in the league in home runs. They've only hit 24 home runs as a team this year. And for them to be, you know, top five in, in, in walks, you know, or sorry, top seven in walks, but first in OBP, like we were talking about. Like, that's that's amazing because you have to feel like this team is going to eventually hit the ball out of the ballpark. You know, you, you saw it a little bit yesterday with TA, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to here. But, yeah, there's there's some encouraging signs here, and I, and I think there's still a lot of room uh, for this team to, to get better. And, and I think hopefully a month from now we won't be talking about this Royals thing as much. Yeah, you did mention it real quick, and we, we've uh, got to hit a break here in a second, but um, the fact that they have not really hit for that much power yet, that is one thing that people who are observing from the outside look at as maybe a reason the offense isn't going to end up as good as it's been so far because they haven't done that. I, I do hope that the power comes as, as the season goes on and the weather uh, warms up. But real quick, guys, before we go, should Michael Kopech be in this rotation right now? Yes, I think so. I'm a big-time proponent of not babying guys. I understand the long-term ramifications. White Sox in a championship window right now. He is one of the best pitchers in the American League, if not major leagues. We saw him yesterday. Cleveland didn't see him yesterday at all. So that's what I'm talking about. You need to utilize, and I know Dylan Cease had a good start his last time, but is that going to be the Dylan Cease we're going to see all the time? If it is... Michael can wait a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be the Dylan Cease we're seeing all the time. I know that this Michael Kopech is here to stay, maybe not at the level that he's at, but pretty elite. Uh, right now, absolutely not. Uh, I think it's it's unnecessary now for him to be in the starting lineup, especially this last turn through the rotation. Everyone's done their jobs, and this is a weird thing because not everyone pitches better on extra rest like you're asking not only Michael Kopech to to change his routine but also all the other guys in the rotation as well having said that though by September I would like to see Michael Kopech in the rotation I don't think you have to do it now I think you have a nice luxury here if everyone continues to pitch the way they should you'll be able to sprinkle them in sort of how they did yesterday but in a, in a short series like I I think I want Giolito's my game one and maybe Lynn is game two, but Kopech needs to get in, in that first series because the, the stuff is electric. And I worry about a Dallas Keuchel start in the postseason where maybe you, you have a little bad luck and you get Babbitt to death. Or what we saw yes, you know, on Friday, you know, he loses the feel and all of a sudden, you know, he, he walks the yard on you. Um, and then all of a sudden you're, you're getting the high contact rate against him and that you have a disaster of, 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 a, of a playoff game there. So I would like to see him in the rotation when it matters the most. And I know all the games matter, but by the end of the year, I want them to be able to say Michael Kopech can give us five, six innings in a postseason game. Love Guys, Walk I the love Yard. You. It was a great movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Herb, I, see, that's what I miss. I miss all of those things. Thank you for being with me today. I love you both. 
Thank you, Ronji. Love, you, Love you too. That's uh, Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill, producers on the score. Um, but maybe most importantly, they are the hosts of the Locked on Sox podcast, and they record every day during the week. Not on weekends. Some people need days off. That was Chris Ranji. We'll preview the rest of the week after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Quick health update here from yours truly. Uh, last time we touched base, I was down about eight pounds due to my new training and health regiment where I've given up a lot of the sugary treats that I used to enjoy and I've replaced them with Built Bars. And I'm down from eight pounds down, down to 11 pounds here on my fitness journey since February. So I'm very pleased at the success I've been having and it's all thanks to Built Bar. And granted, it's not only Built Bar. Built Bar doesn't make you lose weight, but what it does is it gives you a high protein snack with less calories. And if you're a chocoholic like I am, they're perfect because they are always covered in 100% chocolate. And I ordered my latest batch. It came in the mail last week. Herb ordered some for the office and that's come in so clutch for us at work and at home. As a matter of fact, do what I did. Sign up for the Built Bar email blast and they'll tell you when one of your favorite flavors returns. For example, tonight I got an email about how coconut brownie chunk returned. It was one of my favorite flavors. They sent me a, a box of them just to try them out and by the time I went to order them a couple months back they were already sold out so Built Bar sent me an email said hey better get them before they're gone and that's what I did I went to Built Bar's website and ordered up 18 of the coconut brownie chunk they are so delicious a whopping 15 grams of protein and only 150 calories with just 7 grams of sugar uh, part of my latest batch that I ordered as well cherry barcia cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, a new one that I've tried. I thought it would be too heavy. It's not. It's 180 calories. And check this out, a whopping 19 grams of protein and only five grams of sugar. To me, it doesn't get much better than that. Satisfies the sweet craving and keeps you full, keeps you energized, and keeps you held down until your next meal. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with the one and only Chris Ranji. Thanks to Chris and Sean Anderson at 6-7 The Score for inviting Herb and I on yesterday. All right, so it's a bit of an odd week here for the White Sox. They're in Cincinnati for two games beginning tomorrow night. Uh, I believe it's a 5.30 start time for our White Sox. So we'll have a little bit of a weekend recap on tomorrow's show. We'll do a preview of the Red Series, and uh, we'll have a Tuesday post game posted first thing on Wednesday morning. So subscribe so you don't miss those in your feed. I apologize for all the people that are dealing with iTunes issues. Uh, hopefully those things get sorted out. It's beyond our control. But you know you can always get 
the shows when they post on our Twitter feed. That's at Locked On Socks, and of course on the Megaphone website, which is where everything is posted, uh, and you don't have to wait for those. So as soon as they're posted, they go to the Megaphone first, typically. So sorry about those iTunes issues. Hopefully we get those rectified. But it should be another fun week here on Locked On White Sox. I think we may talk to James Fox this week and preview the minor league season, which is now underway. We'll talk about who is going to benefit the most from being able to get some more playing time, and you know Winston Salem or Charlotte or Birmingham or Kannapolis. So we'll talk about the minor league season with James Fox, I believe, later this week. So don't forget, subscribe on iTunes if you if you haven't already. If you're someone who it listens to us all the time, but somehow you're not a subscriber, please do us that favor and subscribe to the show and leave us a review. They really do help leaving us a five-star review with a good comment about the show. It helps us with our, our rankings and the baseball podcast world, and we like to know whether we're doing a good or a bad job. So we want to hear from you guys regardless, and you can send us a voicemail, which is, of course, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. Or hit us up with an email, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We'll get to some of your emails this week as well on tomorrow's show. So if you have any thoughts from yesterday's game, uh, let us know. Uh, anything from the weekend that you saw that caught your eye? Any questions about the Red Series coming up? Sox have a big homestand coming up next week with the Twins and the Royals coming to town. So there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. So hit us up. Let us know what's going on. And we'll be back tomorrow. So for my partner, Herb Lawrence, this is Chris Tannehill for Locked On White Sox.